Hey guys, before we get started, just want to let you know that the Cash and Clarity Workshop enrollment is open. Uh, it's a one-day seminar with me on October 18th. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes for more info. Let's get rolling. Welcome to the Fitness Business University podcast. This is Tom Langton. Vince Gabriel is not in the house today. Instead, I have a very special guest all the way from the great state of Michigan, my man, Eric Driver. Eric is the owner of Mission Fitness. It's located in Adrian, Michigan, um, trains athletes and, and fitness clients. It's a, it started as a sports conditioning facility, now mostly adults. Um, but the main reason we wanted to have Eric on is he has a, an unbelievable story of almost completely leaving the fitness industry at one time to now having a very successful fitness facility. So, you know, we all kind of talked about the, the, the principles of the, of, of the fitness business university, the sales and the marketing and that stuff. But, but Eric's story is very inspiring. And, and I also want to, I want to get his thing because everyone does it a little bit different. So Eric, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thank you, Tom. That was a great intro, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So before, before we, uh, before we jump into your personal story, you know, I gave a brief intro. Everyone knows, you know, where you are, but but we were talking before we started recording and you've actually changed your name from mission sports performance to mission fitness. So just give me an idea of, of what kind of business you own currently today. If I walked into mission fitness, what would I say? Um, well, you'd look in and you'd see you can pretty much you walk into our nutrition club and then walk into the back and you open up into the gym. Uh, the gym is a, uh, about a 5,000 square foot space, um, open. Um, we've got a couple of different areas for small group training um, we have a conditioning area and then we have our, our large group area where we do more of our interval type classes. We have uh, a stretch of 25 yards of turf right down the middle and so that it can be accessible to our athletes when they're doing their speed work. It can be accessible to our small group clients when they're doing their personal training and they might be doing their uh, sled work or also part of it is used for our large group and they might be doing sprints or they might be doing sled work. So it's a big open space, but it's, uh, it's able to get, um, really we can run about four different sessions at one single hour. Uh, so it works pretty well. And, and your, your main clientele, I know, you know, we said you switched over from sports performance. Are you still training athletes? Is it mostly, mostly adults? What is the, what does the clientele look like these days? So we started as a sports training gym that also worked with adults and really now it's evolved into in the last year and a half into an adult training gym that also trains athletes. Um, we don't uh, focus as much of our marketing and sales on athletes. Um, we do very good with word of mouth. Um, we still see some high level athletes, um, but we focus a little bit more on the development of, you know, our middle school um, and high school kids. Um, but I'd say, uh, 90% or eight, well, maybe even 85% of our business now is shifted into adult. Um, it's a, it's a much larger portion and in the evolution of our gym in the, in years past, I used to have a struggle with getting our adults to bring their kids in. Now I don't even ask, they sign the kids up before we even talk about our program. Um, so there's a lot more parents that are coming in that are just ready to sign their kids up. Um, in fact, we have uh, a kid that I've worked with the last two winners. Um, he's a very special track athlete, uh, and he's going to play running back at Central uh, in the fall. 
So for those not for those of you who don't know, Central Michigan University, it's a high, it's the, it's like basically the Harvard of the Midwest, I would say. <laughs> that's that's how at least that's what we used to say when I was there. But uh, yeah, Eric, honestly, kind of I said in the intro, but the, the the main reason, I mean, we're we're gonna dive into your business, and I mean, you have a very successful thing going out there. Um, but the reason I wanted to have you on is well, we had a mastermind meeting in Orlando. Uh, it was like six months ago. And you were one of the speakers at the meeting and, and you, you kind of told your story and, and I really didn't even, I had no idea. So, so just kind of briefly, how did you get into the fitness industry? What was that? What did that evolution look like? More from a personal standpoint, we'll get into your business again. So how did you get started in fitness and how did you get to the point where you are now? Real you know, kind of brief little summary. You know, I, I noticed a, a lot of other people may have gotten into the fitness industry pretty similar. Um, I had several injuries in high school. Um, and I loved uh, working out. I think I started working out in ninth grade and it was just something I loved doing. Um, but I had several injuries and so it kind of uh, hindered me, but I wanted to learn about them. I wanted to learn how to get them better and get stronger. And in college, um, I guess my track though, everyone really thought I was going to go into medicine. I talked about going to med school. Um, in fact, I went uh, and, and continued that path in college. Um, but one of my uh, passions was also to help with strength training. And so actually I became a personal trainer in college um, and, and got, um, I don't even remember the name of the cert, but I got a cert so I could start working with people. I worked with my brother's hockey teams um, and did their uh, off ice work and their pre-practice uh, training. And I really, really enjoyed it. But I also thought it was just going to be something I did on the side because I was supposed to go into medicine. That's what everyone thought I was going to do. So I just kept going with that path. And um, that, you know, carried on through college. Uh, towards the end of college, I picked up a minor in exercise science because I was taking so many exercise science classes as electives. I, you know, just thought I would uh, pick that up. So um, I did that. Uh, I continued, though, that path. I went to PA school to be a physician assistant. Um, really wanted to be in orthopedics uh, and work in that field so that I could still stay around um, sports injuries um, and help with those. Um, but about halfway through, I, I really decided that that wasn't something that I was as passionate about um, and I needed to transition out. So I actually left my graduate program um, about halfway through and uh, lo and behold, I worked uh, for another four years um, full-time uh, as an ortho tech working in orthopedics. I scrubbed into surgeries and um, took care of patients after, and, uh, after surgeries. Um, and uh, I, at the same time uh, as I started that job uh, leaving graduate school, I got my CSCS. I, I took that test. Um, and it allowed me to work in a gym uh, locally, uh, just part-time, just doing a couple sessions here and there. Uh, got my feet wet uh, with training people again um, as I had left that for several years. And um, I, I just I didn't really like doing one-on-one -on -one training. It was not um, good energy for me. Um, a lot of my clients were, were older, and in the one-on-one -on -one setting, it was a lot of conversation and a lot of rest and a lot of talk and not as much work or focus on their needs. So uh, I knew I wanted to do group training. There was no space for it. And so we kind of, uh, I, <laughs> it was crazy timing, but um, 
when my wife was pregnant with uh, our second child, uh, I decided to leave my full-time job. I was also teaching at uh, the community college. I left that job and I opened my gym. So that's awesome, man. That's so I guess the second part of that is the gym opened and it was advantage. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not advantage. That's it. It was mission sports performance. Right. Yeah. But then, but then you, you made a transition and, and there was a point when you were actually ready to close the doors on that place. Right. Yeah. I'd been open. Um, I opened as mission sports. I, I opened with, I don't know, five members and then um, grew to 70 and, and hung out around there between 70 and 90 for five years. And um, I was up and down with our staffing um, in trying to, to trying to build the culture I wanted uh, going through different staff uh, and um, also just not seeing the growth that I that I wanted. Um, and you're right. I, I had uh, not shared with too many people that uh, I don't know if I was ready to close, but I was ready to do something different um, because the the stress and the anxiety and the uh, the effects uh, emotionally of entrepreneurship is, you know, had hit hard for me. And I was struggling to find my motivation um, to continue to run the business. I still loved working with the people, but it just wasn't there. Um, and I was, you know, surfing around looking at what kind of manager type positions could I, could I do? What would I be good at if I was not a gym owner? Um, and, um, I started looking around. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, uh, nearing the end of, you know, what I was going to say, I'm calling it quits, but, uh, um, yeah, things kind of changed shortly after that. How long, how long ago was that? That's probably six months before I met Vince. Um, I was starting to look at, at uh, jobs <laughs> wow and you've been and you've been in the the mastermind for how long now um one of the founding members so i'm guessing like 18 to 20 months or eight around 18 months i'm guessing yeah wow. no a little longer than that so so what so what was the transition how do you go from sitting there now with with mission fitness to to the, at that time you were ready to, to walk away what 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 was what was the change? What was the catalyst to, to keep you there and to now to have you sitting where you are? You know, it was, um, Brian Sippets had introduced me to Vince and just said, Hey, I've been working with Vince. Um, he might be of help to you. And Brian and I at that time were acquaintances, um, but we weren't friends uh, like we are now. Um, and I got on the phone with Vince and uh, the first call, he just got to know me. Um, but really the second time, you know, he talked to me about what he could do to help me, um, where I was at. And he, he made me decide between what I wanted my gym to be. Was it a sports performance gym, um, or a fitness gym? Uh, and if I could make that delineation, I could move forward with what would be best for our growth. Uh, he really made me see that, Although I love training athletes, I also love providing for my family and for my team. And if I'm going to grow my business, uh, I may need to change really my mindset on who's most important. And when I made the switch to saying the most important thing for me to develop our team, uh, to grow our business, to provide a little bit more for my family um, and give myself a little bit more freedom was going to be Hey, we need to put everything we got into training adults. 
we changed what we did, how we trained it. We changed how we marketed and, and sold on the programs we ran. Um, we've remodeled the gym around that, and it's given me quite a boost. Now, it sounds like, a, like an awesome story, right? But was that easy for you? Was it from, from a mental, you know, from a business standpoint, we've talked to a lot of guys that were in your shoes that are like, the, the stress of, of the athlete training world is, is killing me almost. And transitioning to adults, what was that like for you mentally? Was that a hard switch for you to make? Was that something where you were like, man, I really don't have a passion for this? Can you, can you dive into that really from more from the personal side of like, is this something that I want to do? Do I want to train older adults? Well, I trained adults, um, you know, coming from more of a sports medicine background, uh, being an ortho, uh, a lot of my clients came to me, our, our adults came to us, and they were already in their 60s because we were drawing up custom programs for them. Um, the, the group training was larger than it is now, so it's much more custom, customized and smaller private training. But um, I think what really hit home for me was when we sat down and looked at um, the investment of my dollar into the advertising and marketing for sports training and athlete training and adult training. And, and I looked at the history and in, even though we had, I mean, we've got some kids that have gone on to play college, uh, athlete, uh, college athletics and they only trained with me in middle school and they said they would train with me for the rest of their life. Something happened and in high school they disappeared. Um, and, and it made me really look back and go, you know what? We're spending tons and tons of marketing dollars on kids that even though they do amazing and they love it, something gets in the way and they never come back or they don't come back for like two years and they only come back for three months for one season. That if I'm spending so many dollars on kids that are disappearing and only staying for three months, there's very low, um, invest or sorry, very low return value on that client. So the, um, the client, uh, is not, not staying long enough. Uh, so then when we look at what we're getting for an adult client, um, and how much longer we can get them to stay because they have a longer investment into their life health. Um, it made more sense to be spending more dollars on helping adults see that we can, we can help their health. So, so how much right now where you're sitting, how much of your time and money is spent marketing adults? Do you still, you said you were an, a, a, an adult training facility that also trains athletes. Do you do any athletic marketing now? Cause it's basically, you know, the same struggle that people have where it's two different kind of marketing strategies and two different marketing plans. Do you, do you spend any time or money towards it athletes or does it just kind of happen? Um, so if you'd have talked to me six months ago, we had done, um, we had done 12 months in a row without marketing $1 to athletes and wow. every single athlete session was full. So we didn't do any more advertising and we filled every session. Um, this summer I picked up and I spent a couple hundred dollars on advertising, but not much. And we were pretty full. Um, I also, you know, every summer we're like booked to the max. Every staff is, um, strung out. Uh, and because we, we bring in so many athletes on top of our adults, uh, I'm strung out. Uh, we have very little room for anyone to take any vacations. 
And this summer, I just dialed back and I said, listen, we, we will help the number of athletes that we feel comfortable and confident in training. We decreased our group size, increased our rate a little bit, uh, but we only set up session times where we felt like we could feasibly do it without it interfering with the stress of the team. Um, and, and I don't want my, my team to feel strung out uh, just so that we can make a couple extra bucks. How, how many people are on your team right now? How many coaches do you have? How many people are, are working in your organization at the moment? I have eight people on staff, eight or nine people on staff, and we have five coaches. And so for, for your evolution as, as the business owner, how many, well, how many hours a week are you actually on the floor now? Um, just under 10. So, so I'm sure in the beginning that wasn't the case, right? You were the face and you were, you were training. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of taking yourself away from the training floor? And, and building that team and, and what that looked like? Well, yeah, so a couple of things happened. Um, about a year ago, I decided that I needed to spend more time um, on the business, uh, that there's two components that I want to manage, but also I want to be in charge of. So I am directly um, responsible for the result. So uh, the, those two are sales and marketing. Um, now I do have... <laughs> Uh, some people that help me with my marketing, um, but I'm responsible for the end result. Um, we do have a team that now is responsible for our high school athlete programming and planning and that entire uh, program. Um, and we have another team member that is part of uh, overseeing um, the adult programming and the adult training. So uh, most of the training is covered. I run the sessions. In fact, um, I'm like one of the coaches. Um, so I have my team tell me where they need me to be and I'm there uh, and I cover that spot. Um, I do more of the maybe more complicated strategy sessions where somebody's coming in with like a maybe a total knee or like several shoulder surgeries. But for the most part, our team is well versed and ready to go. They can cover anything. So. And how, how, how did you go about kind of bringing those people on where you felt comfortable kind of offloading that? I think that's a fear that a lot of business owners have is in, in our industry is like, number one, that you're the face and you have to be there and clients will be upset if you're not there. And number two, letting go of that programming and the control of what's happening on the floor is a difficult decision. Was that something that you struggled with or did you have the right people? What, what, what did that transition? How did that go for you? It, it was. And it, and it still is because I think my team knows and can do uh, a better job than me. But when I train, I still get people that come up and say, that's why you're the boss. That's why you're in charge. And I say, my whole team knows everything that I do. In fact, I observe them and they do a better job than me. Um, but they like seeing me. When I transitioned out, yeah, it was, it was a lot of worry that, hey, they're, they're going to want to see me, you know, at least once a week. Um, but I'm only available when I'm available. I've got a family that I've dedicated uh, time to, um, and um, I fit every ounce of my uh, time into the time that I create. So I set my schedule, um, and I make it work. Uh, I do everything that I can in that window, and uh, I used to just um, – I used to just – fret that you know there's a never-ending pile of work to always do uh and i decided that i needed to for my own mental health i needed to let go of that um and be present when i'm there 
and be present when I'm at home. And so whatever I don't get done, it will still be there the next day. The next, that person that um, inquired today, they will still be looking for my um, response tomorrow. Um, now, if I let them go a week, then they're probably not going to be there. But we have a very systemized process for our lead follow-up and all of that. So um, we don't we don't usually have too much of a problem now. So, but yeah, it was it was really it was hard, but it was a decision that I said I need to step away, and they will be okay when they see me. Uh, they'll enjoy it. In fact, they see me more uh, now once in a while working out with them. Uh, and they enjoy that even more than me running the session. Right. So you, you brought, you said the word systems, man. And, and if anybody's listened to this podcast or has been around Vince for any time period, that word comes up quite a bit. And so, so talk about the systems that you have. And, you know, you said your lead follow-up system and your training system are on point. Has this something that since you've opened, you've tried to establish these systems or is this a new thing as far as integrating systems into your business? Nine years ago, um, I didn't know what a system was. Seven years ago, I had heard of what a system was, but I didn't know what I needed to be doing. I knew I needed to have something. Uh, five years ago, I started to think I had systems, but guess what? They were all in my head. Nothing was documented um, and repeatable by some other staff member. Um, and so I, I had a few things written down, but none of it was related to sales, marketing, training, we redid our entire internship program. That's an entire system in itself, documented um, and run by our team. Um, sales process, follow-up process. You know, so like all of these systems um, now can be um, implemented by really anyone on our team. They just need to step into that role and they can look through how to run it and be ready to go. Um, but it also can be set up to run by a new team at a new location um, when that time comes. So is, from, a, from a standpoint of what your day looks like now, you say you train 10 hours a week. It, it, like how do you set up your day? For someone who came into the field wanting to work with people and, and wanting to be around, is, do you struggle to, 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 find, to figure out what you need to do during the day? Because if you're only training one or two hours a day, what the hell are you doing with the rest of your time? <laughs> You said you're in charge of sales and marketing and that kind of thing. So, you know, just break down, like, what, what do you, what, what would you say you do here? So this is a really, uh, this is, this summer has been really special for me because um, we have always run our athlete program as um, both high school and middle school in the same group. And we split them up. Uh, this has been something I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, and we decided to just do it this summer. So we split up, we have high school and middle school. And I, one of the main drivers behind that is uh, that my son is going into sixth grade and this is about when we get started with our middle schoolers. Um, and so we have a, a program now for middle school athletes where uh, we do quite a bit more uh, fundamental work and gameplay with agility and speed uh, games. Um, and so I'm able to bring my kids and my daughter who's only going into fourth grade, she loves to come in and she just participates with the games. Um, and so it's really special, but I, I create my schedule around what I need to do as a dad and as a husband. Um, so I know I like to be early once a week and see clients. Um, and I like to be late once a week. So Monday I work from 10 to eight. Um, other days I work around my, my family schedule, getting the kids and picking them up. Um, but if I'm training only 10 sessions, 
what am what else am I doing? I am doing strategy sessions, so I am doing the consults. Um, I'm following up with all of the people that ha have inquired, so all lead follow-up is done. Um, and sometimes I can take hours to go through and say, okay, we have a system of checkup. Um, a lead comes in, okay? Uh, they get into an automated email system, which basically uh, is a follow-up system saying, hey, we got you, we'll contact you in the next 24 hours. Um, and it gives them a series of three or four emails so that they can start to, to see some, some actual true content from me uh, that's more personalized. But then I follow up with them by text, then we do call if they haven't responded to text, then we do email, and we follow that sequence over three weeks. And if we haven't reached them, then they go into our general email where they're getting our marketing emails. But that process is following people where we might get 10 or 12 or 15 leads a week. Some of them are responding, some are that are not. So there's a sequence of six follow-ups. So that does take time. Um, so that is just the lead follow-up. Once people get in the door, we also have to follow up with them uh, numerous uh, checkpoints through that process as well because we have a 30-day trial membership before you become a member. And during that window of time, we've got these checkpoints and emails that are going out and the emails are automated, but I'm still calling or texting and checking in with them to see how their training is going, setting up their nutrition plans at the 10 to 12-day marker. So there's a lot of that. I do all of the nutrition consults still, um, and that's something that we're working on handing over to some of our team as we move into the next year. Um, so there's a lot of time spent there. Uh, but I also do the thing that you said to me early on is building a team. And it was about a year ago, we moved into weekly uh, independent meetings with each of uh, the staff members. So I do an, uh, a short meeting where we check in, we see how things are going, uh, we do a checklist of what they're responsible for, see if they're, they've been um, meeting their uh, quota for their tasks, um, if they're having any issues communicating or having any challenges with uh, members or clients that might be challenging to work with. So I, I do a lot more team building um, by mentoring. Uh, and so that does take a little bit more of my time, but. Uh, I think the culture that we've uh, we've really developed here at Mission is something that I've always dreamed of, where they're excited, they're positive, they're energetic, um, and uh, they want to work hard. Um, and I think it's because that they know that I want to take care of them. Right. I mean, you 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 brushed you brushed over before about having another another facility. And you just said now, you know, your dream. So, you know, out in your neighborhood is Zingerman's and, you know, we were out there and they, and they focus on visioning on the vision. And I know we talked about it in the mastermind, you know, I've, when we've had other guys on the podcast, we've talked to them about a vision. Is that something that you've always had is that long-term vision? Um, do you have a vision for where you want mission fitness to be a year from now, five years from now? Can you, can you dive into that vision a little bit? Yeah, so visioning is something actually that I took to heart uh, and we try to do to create a vision for each client. Um, so in their strategy session, we try to create a vision for them to see and feel and smell what it'll be like to be 30 or 40 or 50 pounds lighter in uh, 12 months. Um, but that's something that we instill into our clients. From me, um, 
we use visioning for an event that we might be running. We use visioning for the business. What is it going to look like and feel like um, in five and uh, 10 years? Uh, when we first kind of learned more about it and we went through that training, Tom, we, I came back and I, I wrote like a two-year vision of what I wanted to see in the change. And I shared that with my team and it was, uh, it was a sticker shock for them. It was different. Um, but each one of them said they're on board. Uh, and that's when I knew that I had the right team. And um, I haven't had any uh, changes in our team uh, since then. Um, and I think that they understand that. Uh, one of my rocks um, at this last, at our last mastermind meeting was to write my 10 year vision for mission. And I have um, part of it done. Um, and my hope was to get it finished here in the next few weeks, uh, as I do have um, some free time coming up. But in it was some bullet points. I do want to have a couple more locations. And I think with how our systems have been uh, documented and the culture that we've created. We have a team that can be able to train other people that we bring in. And we've gone through quite a bit of, um, I've gone through quite a bit of people that I've interviewed um, over the last several years. So I've really kind of refined what I'm looking for in a team. Uh, and so I think it'll make it easier for us to move into where do we want to set up shop next? Um, and then further on down the road, what's the third and fourth location going to look like? So obviously it's something that has kind of changed the way. What, let me ask this before, before you learned about that, what, what were you doing? Cause you've been in business for, you've been in business for a long time. What was kind of steering your ship? Did you have a long-term vision? Like when you were sitting there years ago, you didn't see it. It's here. Like what, what was, what were, what were your guidelines? So it seems to have been a game changer for you. What were you doing before? I was winging it. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to gather information from other fitness pros. Um, one of my, one of my mentors, uh, Ron McKeefery, um, who I think is a great guy, um, former NFL, uh, um, strength coach, but, uh, now works for, uh, play. Uh, and you know, he, he talked about, um, he, he talked about, I'm trying to describe this. He really let me see that um, I had more to give, I think. And um, when I was just moving along, um, not knowing what to do next, I realized from him, um, even though he's, he's a science guy and he loves training, um, he understands how to develop people. And I understood uh, from him really that um, I needed to, I needed to do something different. I needed to reach out to people. Um, so I started going to and contacting other gym owners. And I think he wrote about this in CEO Strength Coach, one of his books. I started going to other gym owners and just shadowing them and uh, saying, hey, what are, you, what are you doing that's working well? I didn't do any in my local market, um, but I did some in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, and even in um, uh, the Chicago area. And I just wanted to pick their brains. And, and it, after I did that a few times, it, it made me realize that there's more out there um, to running a business uh, than what I'm currently doing. And so I, I needed some avenue. Um, and I was actually talking to another coach um, before that who I see as a mentor as well. And I'm like, I need somebody to just hold me accountable. Like I, 
I know I need to go and, and market, but I don't know exactly what to do, but nobody's making me do it. And yeah, I'm, I have intrinsic motivation, but I'm not accountable to anybody. So is that what, is that what pushed you? Is that what pushed you toward the mastermind? Cause I think that's kind of, you know, spills right to my next question as far as, you know, the, the mastermind, what, where do you find that? Cause I know people struggle with like, it's an investment. It's, you know, it, it's not, it's not something that it's, it's not a free thing. You, you gotta, you know, it, it, but it's, it's something that you find great value. And I, I know, and you've spoken about it a bunch of times about the time and, and effort that you put into making the mastermind work for you. So, so talk, talk about that a little bit. I guess, you know, you're kind of on that same page right now. When I, when I brought it up to my wife, um, she said, I don't know, that sounds like it, an awful lot. And I said, listen, if, um, if I'm not making more money in three months, because um, I think we can do it from a business standpoint for the next three months after that, I don't know. Um, and I said, if we're not making more money in three months, then I will start cutting my own salary. And at that time, you know, things are pretty tight. You know, we student loans, kids, latchkey, um, daycare, uh, mortgage, and all of that. And, you know, I couldn't really cut my salary a whole lot more than where I was at. And so, um, yeah, I, it was something where when, when I was discussing it with Vince, I, I needed somebody to push me, to give me some direction, but say, go do this and get it done. And if you do and you execute it well, you know, this is the possibility. Um, but I needed somebody to, to hold me accountable and say, hey, you just got to do it. Uh, and and that, that's where I felt like I could get that from Vince. I believed that. But I also had my own doubt and that, hey, if this doesn't work out, you know, I'm going to be cutting my own salary to be able to make it work. And I didn't have to worry about it. Um, in three months, we were making more money. And, you know, it's continued to grow every single month since. And, and that obviously, it's impacting your personal life as well, because when you did your presentation in Orlando, you put that picture up of you and your kids at the pool where you were able to walk away from your business for an entire week and chill out in Disney and then go to the mastermind afterward. Um, is that something you could have done five years ago? Is that something, you know, that is that, that personal freedom has we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been able to do that even like two years ago. Um, it wasn't uh, on the agenda. Uh, there's just um, so much riding on it um, from a personal standpoint. Um, it's been the freedom that I've, the freedom that has been created for me uh, has been extremely rewarding. Um, I can't really explain how much it means to me to be able to take my family on a vacation, something as big as that, to go to Disney and spend several days there is, is an investment in itself. And to have the ability to do that um, because their business has grown has given me um, actually a, a, an even bigger vision for myself and my family in uh, our gym uh, because we're impacting so many more people in the way that we're running our business now. Um, before I used to just think, you know, the market is poor and, you know, if I close, I'll be like one of the other businesses around town. Um, and that was my mentality. And, and I think after just talking to Vince once, 
he made me believe that that was the crutch that was holding me back was that I believed that the economy or that the, my market was poor and we raised our rates and increased our numbers because we increased the value that we were giving them. But the freedom that I have now is, is, I mean, I, I, take my kids to school on Tuesdays and I pick them up on Tuesdays. Um, I go in early on Wednesdays, but I get them after school on Wednesdays, right? So I'm seeing my family a bit more. I'm coaching their sports. Um, we're going on trips. It's, it's not that I'm spending no time at the gym. It's just that um, when I'm home, I can be present with my family and we can do things without me having to be always thinking what's going on at the gym or, oh, I need to be doing this or I have to follow up with this person tomorrow morning before the family wakes up. I have more freedom to be present and that's probably the best thing. That's, that's all. That's awesome, man. I mean, I think, I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. I think that was the main thing. I think for, for you, you know, the story that you told was, was unbelievable. If, if people want to learn more about you, Eric, and, and learn more about your business, what's the, what's the best way to do it? Well, they can follow me. Um, they can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm, I still have uh, a so-so um, usage of Twitter and, and Instagram, but um, we're pretty heavy with how we operate uh, our business within Facebook. Um, but you can also find me at uh, missionsportsperformance.com. Awesome, man. Eric, thank you so much for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome story. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Do me a favor and click subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. Whatever you think about us, let us know. We want to make this show better. But by, by subscribing to the podcast, you get updated every time a new show comes out. And by leaving a review, you help us make this show better. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.